thousands of people have mysteriously vanished in America's wilderness. Join us as we dive into the deep end of the unexplainable and try to piece together what happened. You are listening to Locations Unknown. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locations Unknown. I'm your co-host, Joe Eradon. With me, as always, is a guy who, if he had $5 and you had $5, he would have more money, Mike <laughs> Van de Bogart. Uh, thank you, Joe, and thank you once again to all of our loyal listeners for tuning in. Just a couple of uh, announcements before we get going here. So we just have one new Patreon shout-out. So uh, thank you so much to uh, Jonathan Garcia. And this is what it, happens when we don't record for like two and a half. I weeks. know we've been off since uh, early November. Not you know, we had Thanksgiving in there, and I was going to do a Thanksgiving related intro, and I'm like, oh, ah. uh, it's already too late. <laughs> it's too late. Um, now. And then uh, there's just a lot of colds going around, so we uh, we had to take some extra time off to recover. Yes, <clears throat> but uh, if you want to call the show and leave a voicemail or. Your comments on an episode or just to insult us, you can call 208 391 6913. Just remember anything you leave on there could be used in a future show. I would so, say will be. Will be, yeah. The, the more embarrassing, the more ridiculous, <laughs> yes. the more guaranteed it's going to be played. Absolutely. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can um, subscribe to us on Patreon. We're going to be doing an episode after this. Uh, you can also subscribe to YouTube memberships, premium subscriptions on Apple. You can also visit our store, our Facebook store, or um, our website store, buy some of our uh, swag. Um, and if you don't want to support us monetarily, but you still want to support us some way, you know, spread the, the word about locations unknown. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe and hit the like button. Yeah, um, give us five stars, even if you think it's one, then call and tell us what you <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, with that's, that's all I got to say. Anything from you? Nope. All right. All right, everybody. Let's gear up and get out to explore locations unknown. February 26th. 2015, a young man visiting his grandmother on the big island of Hawaii and planned to go on a hike up the stairway to heaven. His grandmother warned him that it was a private, uh, private land and he could be arrested, but he did not heed her warnings. When he did not return home, his grandmother called the authorities and the search began. Join us this week as we investigate the disappearance of Dalen Pua. So the location we're going to today is the Stairway to Heaven, also known as the Haiku Stairs. It is a steep steel step structure that provided pedestrian access to a former U.S. Navy communications facility on the island of Oahu, Hawaii. And uh, in the intro, Mike corrected me, <laughs> but he was visiting his grandma who lived on the big island before he went there. So before anyone uh, gets too upset. Okay, yeah, even I missed that. There you My go. My own notes. It's okay. It's okay. It's, <laughs> it's all right. Okay. It's okay. So there's more than 3,000 steps that span along Oahu's uh, Kulau Mountain Range. Uh, Kulau. I, you were there, so you have to correct me when I say these wrong. I'll try. So the sublocation <laughs> is Oahu. It's 596.7 square miles. It's slightly larger than Canyonlands National Park with a population of 1 million. It's 1.016 million people. 
Uh, as we said, it's in Hawaii. Uh, construction started on the stairs in 1942. Oh, correction. Correction. So, um, uh, the subject of this case is from uh, the Big Island, but his mother, his grandmother, lives on Oahu. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Good correction. Yeah. So we'll make sure we don't miss it later in the notes. Uh, <laughs> so it started. Construction started on the stairs in 1942, and they were closed to the public in 1987. So a little history in the stairs. It's not complete history, just some highlights and other historical events. The Haiku Ladder, as it was first called, was built in Haiku beginning in 1942 as part of a pioneering top-secret U.S. Naval, Naval radio station. The U.S. Navy had begun its World War II preparations in Hawaii in 1939. Prior to that time, there were no separate Atlantic and Pacific fleets, and Pearl Harbor was a small unit with little significance. In 1942, contractors for the U.S. Navy began construction of the Haiku radio station, a top-secret facility that was to be used to transmit radio signals to the Navy ships that were operating throughout the Pacific. In order to obtain the necessary height for the antenna, the Navy stretched them across Haiku Valley, a natural amphitheater. Some remnant parts of the wooden ladder may still be seen beside the metal steps. The radio station was commissioned in 1943 to transmit such a powerful signal the Navy needed a transmitter of greater capacity than possible with vacuum tube technology at the time. They therefore decided upon an Alexanderson alternator, which is a huge device capable of generating powerful, low-frequency radio signals and requiring a large antenna. When the Naval Air Station uh, Canoe Bay was transferred to the Marine Corps, as Marine Corps Air Station Canoe Bay in 1950s, the U.S. Coast Guard used the Haiku radio station site for an Omega Navigation System station. In the mid-1950s, the wooden stairs were replaced by sections of metal steps and ramps, by one count 3,922 steps. The Coast Guard allowed access in the 1970s, but stopped after an appearance on Magnum P.I. increased visitation. <laughs> And Magnum P.I. ruins everything. Yeah. The City Council of Honolulu voted unanimously on uh, 9-2021 to remove the stairs at a cost of $1.3 million. Friends of Haiku Stairs, a volunteer group aimed at preserving the trail, objected to the decision, saying they have a plan managing safe public access and trespassing at no taxpayer costs. The mayor said that removal will proceed as a high-use tourist attraction is inappropriate with an entrance through a residential neighborhood that lacks the room for necessary facilities such as parking. Yeah, so it's a, it's a really cool place. I was in Hawaii, and we thought about <clears throat> trying to hike it, but we just didn't have the time. I like how you use the words. We thought about trying to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it is, uh, it is illegal, and they do have a guard stationed at the bottom of it. So who's going to be the distraction? <laughs> yeah, right. And if you are caught, it's a $1,000 fine. So we were uh, we debated it, but... So it's $1,000 for a pass to hike the stairs, <laughs> Yeah, basically. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's far more people that have hiked it that have, you know, yes. gotten away with it. But um, so, no, it's a, it's a cool... The views from it are amazing. Joe will pull some pictures up later while I'm, I'm going through some of this stuff. Yeah. So we're going to do some interesting facts about Hawaii. Hawaii is made up of 137 different islands. Uh, the only state made up entirely of islands, Hawaii encompasses 137 in total, including eight major islands and several islets, rocks, and atolls that span almost 6,500 square miles in the North Pacific Ocean. Surfing was invented off the shores of Hawaii. Hawaii Volcanoes National Park is home to the most active volcano in the world and the largest. The park is home to the Kilau Volcano, the most active volcano in the world. And, uh, I think it's Kilauea. Kilauea. <laughs> I'm going to get these all wrong, so call the number. Uh, <laughs> Mauna Lao, and the largest active volcano in the world. Hawaii claims the tallest mountain in the world. So located in the Big Island, uh, uh, how do you say that Mauna Kea. Mauna Kea is the tallest mountain in the world. Mauna Kea stands at a staggering 33,500 feet when measured from the base to the peak compared to Mount Everest's. 29,032 feet. The difference is it's underwater. A lot of it's underwater, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's why Mount Everest has the highest because it's all above uh, sea level. Uh, you can't have pet snakes in Hawaii. Sorry. Uh, 
Uh, in Hawaii, you can't own a pet snake. While that may be sad news for reptile lovers, it's for good reason, protecting Hawaii's endangered, endangered native bird population. Uh, perpetrators found smuggling snakes can face up to three years in jail and fines of over $200,000. So it's more dangerous to smuggle a snake in Hawaii than to do the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Leave your snakes at home. <laughs> yes. Uh, Hawaii also boasts the only royal palace in the United States. So built in 1882 under the Hawaiian monarchy, uh, Lolani uh, Palace served as the royal residence to Hawaii's last reigning monarchs. After the U.S. annexed Hawaii in 1898, it became the first and only royal palace in U.S. soil. Now it serves as a national historic landmark where visitors can learn about the Hawaiian monarchy and the Hawaiian culture. You can mail a coconut anywhere in the world from Hawaii. While most vacation itineraries rarely include a trip to the post office, many visitors make an exception to stop at the Halua Post Office in Malakai and post a coconut. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because I'm sure I could go get one from the store now and also mail it. Yeah, I mean, you could mail anything. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. It's more have, fun to do it from Hawaii. Yeah, a Hawaiian coconut. Uh, it's uh, illegal for buildings on Kauai to be taller than a palm tree. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii has its own time zone. Uh, you'll find 10 of the world's 14 climate zones in Hawaii. Hawaii claims four of the Copen climate classification, five major climate systems. Our friends. Our friends over the Copen climate <laughs> classification system. And 10 of his 14 subgroups. That's really cool. Uh, they filmed Dress Park there, right? Yeah. A lot uh, of the jungle scenes. On Kauai. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it you can beautiful. hike um, on the trail we did, the Kalau Trail. You can hike to the waterfall that... Is in that original scene where the, where the helicopter's coming, coming down? Did, yeah. Did you do it? No. Why? why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you went all the way to Hawaii and you were yeah. on the trail yeah. and you're just like, eh. Actually, I think it might have been closed down when we went there because someone had fallen and like broken their leg. Yeah, that they happens. Were, they were bringing in a, they're actually, I think, bringing in a medevac to get They were landing there. a helicopter? Yeah, you can. Like, <laughs> just like in the movie? So yeah. you could have went there, filmed it, and played the song on your phone. <laughs> The gate, the gate that they drive through is there too. Um, oh, that's really cool. But it's on private property, so you can technically... Is it another $1,000 fine? I don't know. It's like somebody's ranch. <laughs> oh, okay. But um, you can technically, it's still there. You can, if you want to trespass, you can go find it. Right. Don't, we, we don't have a <clears> We're not condoning that. Yeah. <laughs> Oahu experiences constant warm, balmy weather all year round. It's tropical climate subjects, uh, subject to variations caused by different elevations, and geographic exposure rather than seasons. Temperatures vary little throughout the year, averaging between 66 degrees Fahrenheit and 89 degrees Fahrenheit. The southern side of the island, including Honolulu and Waikiki, is drier than the leeward side as the rain-bearing trade winds are blocked by the mountain ranges. The wet season on Oahu is from October to March and averages 10, uh, 7 to 10 rainy days per month. The water temperature in Oahu is also warm year-round, staying between 77 degrees and 81 degrees Fahrenheit. Pretty pleasant place. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Kauai <laughs> yeah. is even better. I mean, yeah. yeah I've, I've never been. I'm going to go. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the terrain. The island is made up of two now-extinct shield volcanoes. Uh, YNA is the western part of the island and Kalau in the east. In between lies the central Oahu Plain, a broad valley. The highest mountain on Oahu is Mount Kalea, located in the Wainane Mountain Range, rising to 4,003 feet above sea level. The Wainane Mountain Range is the oldest part of Oahu at about 4 million years old. It is believed that Oahu originated at Luale Valley, that is the dry side of the island. The, the Kolau we have lots of mountain range <laughs> located on the windward coast faces the trade winds, which brings moisture with them. This side of Oahu is green and lush with rainforest and waterfalls. Besides these two mountain ranges, there are a few smaller volcanic mountain ranges on the island, all of which are extinct as well. The most popular such volcanic cone is Diamond Head, located at the east end of Waikiki. Yeah, I was just okay. You're about to. I, I heard you like go. Uh, no, it was just Diamond Head. Uh, all the other names. I, I know. That, I could pronounce that one just fine. They're like, ah, whatever. We'll call it Diamond. <laughs> uh, well, here's the other one. Two other ones are Punchbowl 
and Cocoa Head. <laughs> the Cocoa Head area, Oahu Southwest, is the youngest part of the island at about 32,000 years old. So some of the dangers in the area, if you can imagine, uh, dense, lush jungle rainforest and oceans, there's lots of things that will get you. These are some very unique animals that we've never had to talk about before. Yes, so. uh, definitely grizzly bears everywhere, even <laughs> in the ocean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For those of you who can't take jokes and take all these things very personally, that is a joke. And even though you're still mad, call the number. Tiger sharks <laughs> are rare. Only eight confirmed deaths in the Hawaiian Islands since 1828, but they can. You don't want to be the ninth. Nope. Uh, moray eels. Moray eels can grow up to 13 feet long and have sharp teeth and a tendency to attack anyone who invades their space. Damage from the eels typically comes from bites, which can result in muscle damage. Yeah, I don't want to ever get bitten by a 13-foot-long water snake. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, skull, <laughs> giant scolopendra centipede. Ugh, I hate So a lot of nasty little bugs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. want any of that. The scolopendra centipede, also known as the giant centipede, is known in Hawaii for its painful bite, causing extreme pain, swelling, and red patches. This can grow between 10 and 12 inches long. I don't want to ever see a <laughs> centipede that is up to a foot long. No. Ever. Uh, the brown recluse spider. We got these here. Also known as the brown violin spider, the spider has spindly legs and markings reminiscent of the stringed instrument, stringed <laughs> instrument on its back. A bite from the spider, however, can cause pain, vomiting, and dizziness. Other spiders you might see in Hawaii are the brown widow, the cane spider, and the black widow spider. No, thank you. Yeah, box jellyfish. Don't want to have this either. Uh, this creature's body is bell-shaped, but still has a few corners for which it was named boxy. It can be the most dangerous animal in the Pacific Ocean. The box jellyfish's tentacles can deliver a nasty sting and have caused public health problems, particularly at Waikiki Beach on the island of Oahu. The biggest threats to box jellyfish sting include difficulty breathing and shock. Less serious side effects include swelling, muscle weakness, and hives. I've been stung by jellyfish a lot of times. Have it's, you? Yeah, it's not fun. The worst one was in my armpit. Ouch. Like I was going for like an extend swimming, yeah. and it got me right in the armpit. <laughs> I bet was, that felt it, good. Oh, it was so annoying. <laughs> it was a tiny one yeah. that like luckily wasn't bad, but like it's like a terrible bee sting all day. Uh, cone snails. Uh, banded marble cone snails are relatively unassuming in appearance with gorgeous and intricate shells. Some species of these cone snails hold enough venom to induce anaphylactic shock in humans. <laughs> if it's pretty, don't touch it. Did you hear about that uh, real quickly? That story of that kid who was um, shelling in Australia? And no, but everything in Australia can kill you. So. Yeah, he was looking for shells for like his little sister or brother, and he picked one up and put it in his pocket, and it had a blue, this, I guess they call it like a blue octopus in his pocket, oh. and it bit him, and you literally have like 30 minutes or you're dead when you get bit by one of these, and he like pulled the shell out of his pocket and noticed like a bite, and it's a painless bite. So they had to rush him to the hospital. There's no anti-venom for it. a painless bite? A painless bite, so you don't even know it bit you. So they rush, they rush you to the what? hospital. There's no anti-venom, so they just got to... Like basic, manage breathing and... Just make sure your organs don't shut down. Jeez. So, yeah, it was just in the news a couple of days ago. See, I complain about living here because it's cold. <laughs> yeah. Like, you if you live in Australia, like, it's like you can't let your kids do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool shell. Yeah, it'll bite you. <clears throat> you won't feel it, but it will kill you. We'll look it up in the Patreon episode. Okay. Uh, yellow-bellied sea snakes. A yellow-bellied sea snake is one of the one of the poisonous snakes of Hawaii. The brown bodies have a yellow belly. Often, they will be under the water, while other times they come in groups to the shore to wait for prey. The yellow-bellied sea snake has a highly potent neurotoxic venom that is harmful to humans. However, these snakes are quite timid, so it is pretty rare to get bitten in Hawaii. These snakes are invasive species, and while there are many protocols to ensure snakes don't come to the island, these made it past that. Sea urchins. Sea urchins also have venom that is quite painful when you are snorkeling or scuba diving. While getting stabbed will not kill you, it will hurt badly. <laughs> uh, thorn starfish. The spikes on this creature have venom that can cause persistent bleeding, swelling, vomiting, and a few other uncomfortable <laughs> symptoms. Yeah, so uh, yeah, those are very unique to yeah, uh, so other just, episodes we've yeah, covered. Yeah, just don't do anything <laughs> yeah. while you're there. Just kind of float above the ground yeah. if you can. Uh, so let's talk about the hike. 
because uh, if that wasn't dangerous enough, the hike itself also is very dangerous. There have been recent storms that have severely damaged sections of the stairs. So rainy and foggy weather can make hiking very slippery as well. The trail is illegal and has been closed to the public for decades, so there are no services anywhere along the trail. You can be on the hook for a $1,000 fine if you did get caught hiking on the stairs. So the difficulty, um, according to all trails, A, they list it as closed and private property, uh, but it's listed as an intermediate to advanced hike that is in and out uh, 2.3 miles long with an elevation gain of 2,378 feet. It takes a typical person about two to four hours to complete. So it's like a mile every, uh, it's like a thousand feet every mile. Yeah, I mean. Roughly. It's too bad that they, so I was reading a lot about this and the the main reason why <clears throat> it's getting decommissioned and torn out is because the entrance, like you said earlier on, is in a residential area and there's no space for them to build the proper infrastructure at the bottom for people to park and uh, you know, for like a park, park rangers and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's a really amazing. The views from it are amazing. And I think I've posted pictures on our Facebook page probably, from it before. Yeah. Cause like, there's always a shot down the stairs and it just, mo it's just like yeah. beautiful. And like people love to try and hike it at night to get like one of those night shots of Honolulu. And, um, it is kind of sad that there's been no effort to really preserve it and make it like an official, um, yeah. Hiking trail, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, look at how aggressive that is. Yeah. That's look at crazy. that freeway. Whew, you'd be getting some air. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, for those listening, Joe, it has um, the all, all trails. trails up. and we're Yeah, that is the, ridiculously the aggressive. But, like, yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, look views, at those views. If, yeah, the view from there is going to got to be absolutely incredible. Yeah. Look at that. I'm sure that's just gorgeous. Yeah. But I mean, you can see the terrain. Like, it's. Yeah, this highway. Treacherous terrain. This highway is. <laughs> I feel like that's not right. <laughs> that's, that's pretty aggressive. Maybe check that out on Google Maps. I, I feel like something's off there. <laughs> yeah, this is Mapbox. Mapbox. Yeah. Improve this map. Maybe you should just make that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think a rock climbing car can get up that. No, that's pretty aggressive. That's but super uh, aggressive. yeah, so um, that's a good description of the location. So I am going to jump right into a character profile. So um, Dalen Pua, who usually went by the nickname Moke, um, went missing on February twenty sixth of twenty fifteen. Though. Many news reports state the date is February 27th, 2015. Um, I only mention... Maybe you need to do more research, Mike. <laughs> I only mention the 26th because he posted on Facebook that he was starting his hike on the 26th. But there's conflicting reports that people witnessed him getting on a bus to go to the hike on the 27th. So just keep that in the back of your head that we're discussing the timeline. The start of it is a little questionable. And I'll get into that in a little more detail. Uh, so his remains have not been found. He was a male, age 17, according to the Hawaii News Now. Though, again, a lot of conflicting information on this case. Many other sources have listed his age as 18. So um, I just pulled the age from one of the news sources. But um, if you do independent research this case, you probably will see many places list him as 18. He was uh, five foot seven, 150 pounds, uh, black hair, brown eyes. He, uh, you know, pictures of him. He looks like a pretty fit young young guy. Like, um, looks like he could easily handle this trail. Yeah, um, I would. I wouldn't put wise. that past him at all. Uh, clothing gear he was last seen in. He was in a white long sleeve t shirt, black surf shorts, slippers, and a red backpack. Uh, not exactly the gear that I go hiking in, um, but. To be fair, it's a staircase. It's staircase, but it's, uh, you know. It's slippery. It has all those issues, but. Yeah, yeah. I'd still wear shoes at least, but. I agree. <clears throat> um, so we don't know much more about um, him. No medical issues came up. Um, according to his GoFundMe, he was an aspiring pastry chef and hoped to continue on to culinary school after graduating high school. Um, his father would go on to say in interviews that his son was a very experienced hiker and obviously hadn't gone missing before. Um, and 
you know, they were holding out that he was just stuck up there, maybe minor injury that caused him to, you know, not be able to come back down. So, um, you know, all indications were healthy, young, young man, experienced hiker, according to his family. So um, that is really all we know about Moak. So we will jump <clears throat> right into the timeline now. So February 25th, um, he had been planning on hiking the stairs for a long time. And he had posted a picture on Facebook on February 25th with the caption, Stairway to Heaven, hiking this insane hike tomorrow. Wish me luck. So <clears throat> it's now February 26th of 2015. And again, this is where there's some discrepancies in the reporting on this case. So um, he posted on Facebook on February 26th that he started hiking the Stairway to Heaven. Um, but a lot of, it was widely reported that he was missing on February 27th, which is the day that he was meant to have gotten on the bus to the hike. So there are some discrepancies and potentially maybe he postponed his hike for a day. He posted this on Facebook and then for whatever reason decided to wait another day. We don't know. All we know is um, what he posted on Facebook and then potential eyewitness sightings of him getting on the bus on the 27th. So it's also possible that the police waited 24 hours before they filed the missing persons case. So he potentially could have gone missing on the 20, um, 26th, and then they reported him missing on the 27th just because it was 24 hours later. So um, not going to get too hung up on that, that date. So <clears throat> it is now... Friday, February 27th, the morning, or potentially the 26th, just because of the discrepancy. I want to keep stressing. We'll, we'll just just do a, a pick a date from now on, and we'll just say it could be either or. And if anyone <laughs> still complains, they are a horrible person. <laughs> no one's a horrible person. <laughs> no, so, people who complain that much about that detail, they're a horrible person. All right. Or they need help. Call Joe and let... Let yeah, me let, me, let me know what you think about that, but make sure you leave your contact information so I can call you back. <laughs> we'll call you back live. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a great live show. <laughs> call all the haters back and just, and just tear into them. Uh, all right, so Moke was visiting his grandmother, Martha Bear, um, from the Big Island. So like I mentioned, his grandmother lived on Oahu. Moke was from the Big Island. He was interested in hiking the stairway to heaven, and Martha told, told him uh, that it was closed down and authorities were not letting anybody climb the mountain. He told her that he intended to go for a solo hike um, in the Manalao Valley Park, specifically the Stairway to Heaven, a, which Joe said it was a steep 3,922-step uh, trail for the former naval base. Um, they said goodbye to each other. Um, his grandmother at the time thought he would heed her warning and not attempt the hike, um, knowing that, you know, best, you know, worst case scenario, he might be arrested. No one thought he was going to go missing. So he left his grandmother's home and boarded a bus from uh, Wene, probably said that wrong, Oahu. And there were some reports that uh, claim witnesses saw him get on the bus so i think it's yna yna that, that's what i'm gonna guess that sounds right you know what we haven't done in a while i'm gonna you keep going i'm gonna put it in the google machine all right and really get everyone upset <laughs> so you keep going um moak began his hike up the stairway enjoying the amazing scenery that you've i'm sure everyone's seen in pictures and he was occasionally texting or posting pictures of his journey uh for his friends to see <clears throat> like I said, he was wearing a white long sleeve t-shirt, black surf shorts, and slippers, and carrying a red backpack. Why and I? Why and I? There we go. I was close. I said why and I. I was way off. I why and I. Um. So now it is Friday, the twenty seventh. Still later in the day. So this is when he was ref uh, first reported missing when he didn't return home. <clears throat> so. It's now Saturday, February 28th of 2015, 
When Moak didn't return home Friday evening, a search was launched for him focusing on the area around the stairway. The fire department, local volunteers, drone operators, as well as the U.S. Navy were involved with the extensive search, both on uh, land and from the air. Um, were you going to play something? I, I will. It's oh, not, it's not okay. showing it yet. Um, HFT Captain Paul Bass said, uh, first crews were here maybe a little after 6.30 or 7 a.m., but the weather was much poorer than much poorer then. It was actually raining cats and dogs, so they couldn't do much. We waited till about maybe 8.30, regrouped, took the next crew, and we've been searching since then. Um, so it goes on to say the whole ridge of the stairs is on. <clears throat> um, whole ridge of the stairs is on. We've kind of ruled out, but there is the summit trail that runs the length of the Colo Mountain. So Honolulu police said, that Moak texted pictures of himself indicating he was on the trail of the haiku stairs at around 11 a.m. on the 27th, despite what he told his grandmother. Um, did you want to play this now? Yeah, okay. I can't play it. Because this, what this is is uh, a news report from a local news station uh, that was following the story as they were doing the search. So for those, there's, there's enough audio you can figure out what's going on for those just listening and not watching. The critical day, third day of search is over and still no sign of a teenager apparently lost on a forbidden trail. Good evening, I'm Paula Akana. And I'm Yanji Denise. Let's get right to the story. KITV force Catherine Cruz is just back from the Haiku stairs where they were searching today. Catherine. Well, you know, the weather didn't allow for HFD to send up a helicopter in the air early this morning, and so most of our initial efforts were on the ground. Family and friends of 18-year-old Dalen Pua do all they can to stay optimistic at Kanioe District Park, but their focus is up at the cold owls and times working against them. Bad weather forced fire rescue crews to cut short their search by air Saturday and Sunday. And this morning, conditions were too dangerous, so most of their efforts were on the ground with crews rappelling down gullies. We have gone over an extensive area with Air One doing its search uh, several times over the past two days. So now we're going into the more high uh, probable areas if he was in trouble. The last cues of his whereabout came four days ago. Pua posted four scenic shots to social media at around 11 Thursday morning. Cell phone records indicate the last activity on his phone at about 3.30 in the afternoon. There's been nothing since. No one knows for sure where Pua started his hike, but two family friends began searching this trailhead here at Moanalua. All right, so I just pause it there because it's going to just keep going, and it goes for a little while. It'd be another two minutes, but that gives, like, a really good idea of so. what was, I mean, it was a pretty big deal. I mean, the, the, it was on the local news while they were searching. The community was getting involved. Yeah, um, and I'm just looking up a date here. Um, they mentioned, I heard Thursday morning. Um, that would have been the 26th. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to say he started his hike on the 26th. There you go. <laughs> so, let's, yeah, let's go for it. Going for it. Go so, for it. Um, so yeah, okay. when he was referring to the, the fire rescuers, when they suspended their search, that was Sunday, March 1st. Uh, they suspended it due to, uh, conditions. So I don't think it was suspended completely yet yeah there's like what they showed that they, they couldn't have the helicopter yeah. and they were still searching on foot i think so like joe just said uh, march 1st which let me just double check my dates here i am a, a stickler for dates um i've mentioned that's why it's really funny when people complain about it because <laughs> you do spend more time than i would yeah well you know <laughs> i've dates. i've researched it is a sunday um i've researched a lot of cases where They'll say it's a Sunday or a Friday or a Monday, and then you actually go to a calendar and look, and it's not. Well, those are the funny ones when people tell you you were wrong because <laughs> they only read it and yeah. didn't look it up, and then it's actually you're right and they're wrong. Yeah. But they already left a one-star review. <laughs> Still bitter. <laughs> no. So, uh, like we said, the search was initially suspended Sunday afternoon, March 1st, um, and they were planning to resume efforts Monday morning weather permitting and according to hfd the search wrapped up around 4 44 p.m on sunday so now it is march 2nd which is a monday i verified that uh <laughs> <laughs> two hikers which i i found out were nurses reported to hearing cries for help uh on monday this resulted in the fire department extending the search for another day 
The location they were in was described as a ridge line that was approximately a meter in width, about 200 meters long, with extreme cliff sides on either side, according to HFD. Um, and I actually found a statement from one of the nurses who heard the cries. Uh, so uh, I'll just, I'm going to read it verbatim just because I think it's important to hear their perspective. Um, they want, they said, <clears throat> a lot of people have their information mixed up. I can never explain to you the feeling I felt when you hear a cry like that. The hiker did not trust pass and go up the stairs. By the looks of the photographs, he didn't make it to the stairs. The hiker went up the Manalao way. I'm not a local, so I don't really know any of the name names of the ridges. All I can do is try my best to explain to others where we went and where it was that we heard him. We started the hike on a trail about 20 feet from the uh, Kulana Kulanane trail. We had hiked about three hours up. We were yelling uh, to each other to make sure the others were okay because we were so far apart. The wind died down for just a half a second and we hear a scream, help me. It shook me up so bad that I had to sit down and even call 911. My friends were about 50 yards in front of me and little did I know they were also calling 911. All five of us heard heard it at the same time. Well, that's that's important. It's not just that one person. Yeah. So yeah, they all heard this uh, cry for help. Um, <clears throat> if we were going uh, straight at the trail, the voice was coming from the left. It was coming from down below. It did not seem as if it was echoing, nor did it seem very far away. The scary thing is that after about an hour, once the rescue, rescuers were there, my friend and I were bound and determined to the, uh, get to the top of the stairs, so we decided to continue on, and the other three stayed where they were. As we were continuing at the ridge, we could hear the firemen, rescuers down below, whistling and calling for him. Again, the wind, just, the wind died down just a tad, and we heard, I'm down here. My friend and I both stopped in our tracks and started screaming for him. It was not the rescuers. The voice was different than the calls from the rescuers. I immediately called 911 again. We stayed up there for about another hour without moving to try and listen for him again. The wind was so bad and the clouds were starting to roll in, so it was hard to hear anything. That's so. got to be terrible. <clears throat> I, I, like for him, obviously, too, but like it sounds like that could have been him. Could have been, yeah. And it's so lush and like the wind just not allowing them to continue hearing it. Yeah, and you got to imagine, like, if you've ever been out in the woods when it's been windy out, mm-hmm. it's it's loud. Well, the, and just the distance and voice travel, like, it's very hard to determine how far away something is based on sound. Yeah, especially in a, a mountainous environment, it yes. could be really difficult to pinpoint. You know, they said there was no echoing or anything, but that would be really tough to determine a, a location. But Absolutely. You would think that if they heard a sound that rescuers now have like all right here's where the nurses were now we have a radius to search yeah because he can't be that far away yeah my only thought is and we'll get into theories but it was just too rough a terrain i mean there's just too Possibly. much area for a limited search crew to to search but yeah uh okay so it is tuesday march 3rd now uh 2015 Without any new evidence from the hiker's report, the investigation was suspended once again. Uh, at one point, some of the rescuers looking for Moke had to be rescued due to the tough landscape. So oh, now wow. even the searchers are getting in trouble. So that's how tough this terrain is. Yeah. Um, so this is a statement from one of the searchers. Search teams faced fierce winds thick clouds and steady rain volunteers from several hiking groups headed towards toward the summit early in the morning. One of them had to be rescued by Honolulu fire department. So, um, yeah, it's, it's difficult terrain. Um, it's just so steep on either side. Can you imagine if it's it's just, if it's just wet all the time too, it could be really easy to just slide down. Yeah. If you make, take a wrong step, you're going to take a picture or something. I mean, that would be such tough terrain to find, so, yeah. you know, find someone that's alive, let alone recover. Yeah, it's so know. lush. Like, if you fall down and you're just in deep, thick bush, yeah. like, you can maybe hear them, but not And look how steep that... So, like, think of the manpower required to search every crack and crevice of that, each side of the trail. Yeah. I mean, it, it would just be too much. Yeah, that's wild. That's yeah. so steep. It looks so cool, though. It does. <laughs> I would totally go hike that. Yeah. And then that you got this like 
derelict military base at the top. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, so now it's, this is a range of times. So March 3rd to March 5th, relatives and local volunteers continued to comb the area for any signs until about March 5th, with some even rappelling down the extremely steep and dangerous cliffs to check the end of the trail, the location of Moke's last picture. Um, volunteer groups repelled 600 feet below the cliffs at the end of the trail. Um, the family extensively studied these pictures looking for clues, and they found a very interesting picture. So see that right in the middle? Oh, yeah. Looks like a guy. It's, it is a guy. <laughs> yes. Um, this is so, one of the last pictures you took, right? Yeah. That's um, Yeah, that's really So, great. of course, a lot of conspiracy you know, theories have started to sprout up about this. So like we said, they found one of the pictures, a barely visible man in the background, kind of lurking in the bushes. Um, so, you know, barely visible, fully zoomed out. But when you zoom in, Joe's got the picture up now. It's clearly a guy. And a lot of people were kind of wondering, you know, what's, what's this guy doing here? There. Yeah. What's he doing here? Why, you know, was he relieving himself in the bushes? Was he watching and following Moak? Um, that, that's what people were um, saying. But then I found social media posts unverified. I can't obviously verify these posts, but um, people claim to know the individual in that picture, and they claim that he called the police the second he found out that Moak was missing in that area and that police interviewed him and ruled him out as a suspect. So this is all like other people said that these are social media posts. So okay. this is not something I read in the news. Um, there's some very extensive posts from locals on this case and um, several individuals claim to have to know the guy that was in that picture. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. I don't know how you could tell. I don't know how from that you can be like, yeah, I know that guy. I mean, look at this. Like, unless they're like, yeah, he was in the area. Only thing I can think of is he's a local. Yeah, and when maybe. these pictures came out and when news of like, I'll be honest, I don't see it. Like I see like a, the silhouette of a person, but like I could not, understand how you'd recognize someone so well maybe so, i need glasses so and the way i would say is if you're a local and this where i saw these posts these are all locals talking about the case mm -hmm. and you see this picture 11 a.m on the 27th or 26th i mean and you're thinking like oh i was i was on the trail around that time and I mean, maybe that's how you logically say that you know this guy. And, sure. Um, so who knows, though? Yeah. Um, based on what everyone was saying, I, I tend to maybe believe it a bit. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but I was not able to find any verified news sources that interviewed this guy that said, like, oh, yeah, I was up there. Um, so um, in the following days after Moke's, disappearance others living in the area started to report interesting things to the police including um one person who claimed to have seen a light on the mountain the night of his disappearance so um there's a chance that now a lot of people try to hike this trail at night so you know could have been someone else hiking but there's also a chance that whatever happened to him he would he obviously was still alive because those nurses heard him um so, and when did I say the nurses heard him on? Let me go back in my notes here. Um, so that was Monday, March 2nd. So he yeah. theoretically went, started his hike on Thursday. And these nurses were out there on Monday and still heard him calling for help. So he, he, theoretically was out there for the whole weekend and i guess in that type of weather you could yeah that type of environment it's not like you're going to get hypothermia joe covered the the climate of oahu it's 
yeah, it's warm um, and balmy. I yeah, think they kind said of year round. But um, yeah, so I think uh, I'm trying to see. It's not me. It's too long. I'm trying to use AI to enhance the image. Okay, <laughs> I've done this before and it works. But uh, so you can just keep going. I'm going to try and do that. See well, no. So that is way. the end of the timeline. So I guess we'll jump right into theories. And we kind of already started talking about theories. So um, my leading theory, I mean, authorities concluded that he had slipped and fallen to his death somewhere along the trail. I think based on the conditions at the time, you, you know, there was a lot of rain that was hampering the search. The fact that he was in slippers. Um, the fact that we, are, we know the stairway is degraded and falling apart. Um, and maybe he was a little distracted taking pictures mm-hmm. and wasn't maybe f- looking, you know, I've caught myself doing this hiking where I get distracted and then you trip. Yeah. Um, a lot of times when we're hiking, uh, you know, tripping, uh, not a big deal. But if you're <laughs> you're hiking somewhere like this. Yeah, if like really, really aggressive edges. Yeah, it could be, you know, one slip and you're you're rolling down the mountain. So that's not that didn't help. That didn't help at all. No. Um so yeah, I tend to think that he probably did suffer some kind of fall. And it sounds like he wasn't necessarily on the stair actual stairway the whole time. Um so I think this is an interesting theory that I think the deep end theory was there was a guy out there that was <laughs> stalking him. I don't know what his motivation would be. I wouldn't even call it deep end necessarily. Um, I would say that he took a picture and there's a, someone there. Yeah. Now was there, I mean, you said it was claimed that he called police and met with them. Was it was that claimed verified that people all? knew who this guy was and that he called police the second, um, but there was he no, knew. there was no, no publicly available yeah, information on not it. Not that okay. I found. Maybe someone listening knows. So from Hawaii. My original thought was it either had to do something with that guy, but the fact that we're not hearing more about it. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that leads you down one or two paths. One path is they didn't do their job right, which I doubt. Yeah. The other path is it was not as a nothing burger, and that's why they didn't just do it anything with it. I would tend to agree. I'd say I'm going to side with authorities and say he probably slipped and fell. I mean, look at this train yeah, and how thick uh, it is. I'll pull it on the screen. Yeah, yeah. It's just there's so many. Like here, this I think represents it very well. Yeah. It's just all of those little valleys from the water erosion. And if it's slippery and you're in sandals, which don't have great grip, your feet can fall out of them yeah, exa- easily. Exactly. Like, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And and if you're by yourself, yeah, one little hiccup, and that's that's all it's going to take. Like, and I mean, so yeah, they... I could imagine if you walked a couple feet that way, you could slide down, and if it's all wet, it's yeah. like a slip and slide. You're, well, you're and going all the way down there. Think about this search compared to, like, some of the searches that have been conducted in, like, a desert environment. Yeah. <clears throat> Basically, yeah, they had helicopters and drones in the air, but... Essentially, if you're under this brush, essentially those are going to be useless if he'd fallen under that. Yeah, look at all thick th- brush. Look at this. Look yeah. at how thick it is, and this is on the stairs. So basically, your only hope to find him is boots on the ground, and you're talking about terrain that is going to require require people to rappel down. Yeah, I mean, at almost every spot to search. And they said it was rainy. It was so, rainy. It was so like look at the pictures where it isn't clear. Yeah, it's already hard to see. Yep. I just saw one before. I think it was a good represent. Like this one, look at. You're not seeing that but far in front of you. No. I mean, what, 50, 60 feet? And it starts getting really, the visibility drops significantly after that. Yeah. So. And I mean, it sounds like, based on the statement from those two hikers that heard somebody calling for help, we obviously can't verify that those sounds were coming from Moke. Yeah. But. If we want to believe that they were, it sounds like he was alive for several days out there. Which is very possible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can survive for weeks without food. If it's wet, he's got water. Uh, if he's injured. And yeah, I, I, that's where I, I'm, I'm on the, of the opinion that was probably him. And yeah. it was just, it's kind of like, you know, when they talk about if you fall on a crevasse 
And sometimes it's so hard to pinpoint, even if someone saw you fall in yeah, and they can hear you. If there's so many of them, you might not ever find that person. Yeah. It could be similar to that because it's so lush and, and so steep. Like you said, the rescuers were having to be rescued yeah. several times. It's, it's very treacherous that even if they hear them, they narrow the area, they're still not going to be able to potentially find them. Yeah, and we don't know the extent of his injuries. I mean, maybe he was passing in and out of consciousness, which maybe for the first day or two he was unconscious and yeah. then woke up, Yeah, you know, Monday morning when these hikers are going by. Um, and again, it's it's like Joe said, it's tough to pinpoint the location of a sound in a kind of a mountainous environment. You know, it's going to bounce around off the different, you know, cliffs and – yeah. Um, Especially if it's windy too. Yeah, it's you know, like I said, when you're in, if you've been in a forest when it's been really windy, it's loud. It's very loud. It's loud. It's, it's howling. Howling. You hear a lot of like leaves and branches and you know, well, it together. throws off where the direction the sounds coming from. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I, I, I'm I'm kind of full on board with that. I think he probably just had a, an accident, and unfortunately, they were not able to recover him. Yeah, I think uh, unlike a lot of our other cases where we're just left puzzled. I think I feel pretty darn confident that I agree with what law enforcement came up with for this one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hopefully someday somebody will recover his remains, though in this kind of environment. I can't imagine. It's going to be. Someone else would have to go. It's like that one where they ended up, that couple that did survive, and that's how they found the other yeah. guy. Like they stumbled upon the same But even that incident. terrain was. That one near, yeah, it was way easier, yeah. and it wasn't easy. No, it was way easier they, than what they, disappears. They, they had to like they climbed down, yeah, and, and then couldn't, couldn't get back up. Yes, yeah. correct. Um, yeah, so, short of somebody falling where he fell, yeah. and then like having someone up top watching it, and then rescuers or going just down like there. random like guys going up to the rappel and just yes. like happen to stumble across it. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think yeah, it was a fall. Unfortunately, I agree. All right, well, I want you guys to all uh, let us know what you think, but thanks again for tuning into our show. We appreciate all of you for listening and sharing Locations Unknown with your friends and family. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, where you can also find the videos of each episode. Also, if you'd like to support the show monetarily, please visit our website or Facebook store to buy some sweet, sweet swag. And you can also subscribe to our Patreon account. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can subscribe on Apple. Uh, and I think a couple other places. I don't know, but there you'll get the exclusive content, yeah. whereas actually after this one, we're going to be recording another episode just for those very special people. Uh, and uh, you'll have access to special events and additional shows like uh, when we did our live uh, call-in show, which actually it went really well, I thought. Yeah. We had a couple people asking questions, um, and we usually start that off for paid customers only, and then last time we opened it up to everybody later. Uh, and lastly, when enjoying the beauty of nature, whether backpacking, camping, or simply taking a walk, always remember to leave no trace. Thanks, and we will see you all next time. <laughs>